Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And tonight, on my 37th episode, we're playing for the paw with running backs and special teams coach Ryan Soroka from the Fargo South Bruins. How's it going, Coach? Good. How you doing there, Gies? I'm doing well. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, good to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm rocking my uh, white Soroka hat for, for this special podcast. Didn't uh, wear the white hat as much as I used to in the back in the day. But, uh, still have the white one right close by all, all times. There you go. There you go. All right. Nice. Just to kind of kick things off here, I want to kind of talk about uh, your season that just passed by. I think it was in the summertime there. We were texting back and forth, and you uh, you sent me the the live stream for your first couple of games, and I was able to watch your uh, your team play a little bit. It was kind of cool. Was nothing was going on here in Manitoba, so it was nice to be able to watch some uh, some high school football. How did you get onto the staff for Fargo South? How, what was the process in in getting on the staff there? Well, when I first came down here to Fargo, my I, I wanted a coach. I've coached for years since 1990 if you want to go back that far um and i contacted uh tyler coastal he's the head coach of the fargo south bruins here and very close down uh, to our house here my wife is a teacher in the school division and i can't remember if it was her that got me in touch or if i just emailed him out of the blue and it was just a couple weeks later we met we sat down and talked to each other and uh and then I heard from him again in spring, just, just shortly after spring, and he invited me out to the end of the spring camp. And uh, that was it. And here we go. Let's get ready for uh, summer camp in uh, August. Very cool. Coach, tell me about the, the difference in coaching a full season of American football compared to all the years you coach Canadian football. I'm sure the atmosphere is probably much different. Um, I'm, I'm interested in the differences. That first game, I'll never forget that first game I coached down here. It's, it's everything that you hear. I, I probably did a lot more of this than I did looking at the field in the first five minutes because you want to get kicked the ball up, but there, there's a band. There's a, they, they sing the national anthem every game. It, it, they, uh, your pregame is an hour long. Um, and, the, and the fans up in the stands. It was pretty exciting. It was something I'll never forget. I'll never, ever forget it because the rah-rah around it is unbelievable. How about just in terms of the game flow and, and just maybe coaching, was there any differences you found throughout the year and just coaching American football to Canadian? We've all watched NFL since we were kids, Yeah, but it's a big difference down when you get down here and you're actually coaching and you're paying attention to certain things. There's a lot that you that I don't pick up on as quickly as I, I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of an adjustment. A big thing was coaching across the field from each other. Right. I, I love that. That's great because I, I find up in Canada, you're always beside. You've got about mm-hmm. 20 yards to work with and the other team's right beside you. Yeah. You have the stick crew in front of you half the time. <laughs> well, here, you're always across from each other. It gives you the whole sideline, I think, down to the 15 or 20-yard lines on both ends. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a lot more room to kind of run around with your team and stuff. I was able to watch those first couple of games. In the second game, your, uh, your running back went down with an injury. He was out for a number of weeks. You know, that must have been a pretty big loss. But uh, tell me tell me about your running back group and, and how your season went overall. Uh, I thought the season went actually quite well. We graduated six seniors, four of which were starters. I think there's only a couple starters that are juniors, which will be seniors next year. We're loaded with uh, 10th graders. So we're loaded with sophomores, which is uh, the first couple of games, especially, they're just like a deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. These kids uh, were, you know, but let me tell you, they adjusted. 
And by the end of the year, we got going, and these kids are pretty much all coming back. I mean, it was a huge loss to lose. It was uh, Coley Jones there in our second game. We lost him until, I believe, it was week eight. Um, I mean, losing a guy like that, a senior, a running back to play, also starts at linebacker, mm-hmm. and he's on special teams, is a huge loss for any team. So, yeah, we hurt without him, but it gave those uh, those younger two guys, their 10th graders, um, a real opportunity to step up, and I'm looking forward to coaching those guys for the next two years. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, moving forward for next year, you talked about, you know, most of your rosters coming back. Have you guys started doing any off-season workouts or the guys in the weight room training right now? What's going on? Yeah, they've been in the weight room. I actually went to the school tonight, and I saw our head coach. Right when I walked in, I saw one of our defensive linemen coming right out of the uh, out of the weight room and talked to Coach Coso. And we are we're in the gym next week. I'm not sure. Just be an indoor camp, obviously, getting the guys running a few routes here and there. And aside from that, uh, it's uh, the weather providing will be outdoors, right, in spring. Back at it for second quarter action with Fargo South Bruins running back special teams coach, Mr. Ryan Soroka. So coach, uh, I'd like for you to kind of talk to my audience about your background. Uh, I'm interested, you know, where were you born? Grew up in Winnipeg, born and raised right in Grand Park area. Uh, right from when I was a little guy, I, I think my dad had me on skates at about three years old. Played hockey, I think I started when I was five. Man, I'd, I'd be outside playing football by myself, just throw the ball up, pretend to catch it return it out front front yard when no one will play with you that's i started off with hockey though so you start off with hockey and and you know you're playing obviously like typical kids were always outside back in the day kids are so much different today than they are now my my kids are much different and didn't have the lifestyle that i did growing up playing every sport under the sun but um you know when did you start to play football organized like organized football maybe what's your first memory of playing football First memory of football was I wanted to play so bad, and we couldn't find uh, any tackle football. I guess so. I don't know. That's what that's what my parents told me anyway. And <laughs> we found a team. Uh, my my mom worked uh, with a, a lady, and uh, I think her son played out in Charleswood. Believe it or not, um, okay. and we were called the Charleswood Optimists. I think I was about eight years old, and my parents would drive me out there. It was to the old well, World Park place now. Okay, that's where we practiced. The Charleswood Optimists. We were purple and yellow. Mm-hmm. and uh, that was my first memory of playing football. And I just I wanted to play, and there was absolutely no way I was not going to play. Parents finally gave in, and here we go. And then did you continue to play minor football up until high school? Yeah, I uh, I played a year there, maybe two, uh, in Charleswood, and then I went to uh, Crescentwood, which was more in, obviously in my area, neighborhood, mm-hmm. and that's where I met a lot of childhood uh friends the lifelong friends i should say um that i played with in high school so yeah i, I played a couple of years out of crestwood we uh went to championship both years i was there okay and won the championship the second year and then i was back in minor uh bantam mm-hmm. i played in charleswood again with oh, guys yeah. like rec turner and uh marlon mullins who used to go to oak park mm-hmm. and then i was off to high school at grand park high school Okay, and when you were playing minor football, did you play uh, you know a specific position, or were you bouncing around? Yeah, I was running back back when I was uh, eleven and twelve okay. uh, with the Crestonwood Grizzlies, and then when I went to Charleswood, I became quarterback. And I guess I just wasn't quick enough, and I didn't have the arm, and I got moved all around come high school. <laughs> you know, kind of a, a cool connection we have is uh, when I was growing up playing minor football for the Charleswood Broncos. Uh, a great teammate of mine was Eric Gustafson. He was 
he was our middle linebacker. He was pretty crazy. But uh, his dad was the head coach for Grant Park Pirates and was your head coach, obviously, when you went to high school there. Um, talk about your time playing for Coach Gustafson and playing at Grant Park. What was what was what happened in your career at Grant Park? Well, we went to a championship. Uh, our second, my second year there, we were we were god awful the first year we played. We it was tough getting players, and the second year we ended up going to the championship. But uh, it's funny that you bring Eric up because Gus, as he was coaching us, Eric would be running around filling the water bottles, and Monica, his wife, yeah. she be uh doing the stats for us and as she did for years after and mm-hmm. when he became commissioner but uh i mean the utmost respect for coach gus um just where he took that team like i said we were awful that first year second year we go to the championship and our third year we we should have won it all we we just we couldn't uh keep control of ourselves <laughs> we were uh it was a bunch of buddies that uh liked the after football stuff more than we did football at the time which was really too bad Oh, that's too bad. But he had, I mean, he had some great coaches there with uh, like uh, Lance Glover. Mm-hmm. I believe he coached you at the, at the U of M. Right. And uh, probably one of the best coaches uh, that I ever had to like a position coach was uh, Rich Banovich, who uh, coached me in at the provincials uh, in my last year. Okay. And yeah, Rich, Rich was just a great coach. He was, I wish I would have had him throughout my whole football career. Yeah, he's a phenomenal coach, still is today. You know, you, you referenced provincial team. What year would that have been when you were playing provincial team, and what do you remember about that experience? It would have been 1989. Okay. And uh, I don't know if how well it was really run. It, it, it folded. We had a couple of practices, indoor practice. We had an outdoor practice, tried another one, mm-hmm. and guys just didn't weren't showing up. It's like it's not like it is today. Yeah. And it was really too bad. We were all set to go to Calgary and – well, that was the plan, right? But it just didn't it didn't pan out. That's interesting because on a previous episode, I had somebody you, you know well as well, uh, Jeff Morgan. Uh, he was yeah. on and he was talking about the same kind of thing when he was going through the provincial team program that it was just kind of just thrown together and they were supposed to go on a trip and it ended up happening for them. But uh, but yeah, I was interested about when I, I don't really know how far provincial team dates back. So that's interesting. Back at it for third quarter action with Ryan Soroka and Coach Gies. So, Coach, uh, I'm interested. When did you, uh, you know, you talked about playing your high school ball at Grant Park. When did you first get into coaching? I started coaching uh, at Crestonwood, back at Crestonwood Community Club where I played. It must have been 19, it was 1990. And uh, it was, uh, I guess it was, uh, they called them Adam back then, nine mm-hmm. and ten-year-olds. Yep. And uh, we actually went to the championship that year and won. Uh, I coached yes. in my jeans, which was absolutely ridiculous. It was freezing cold. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, I coached there at Crestwood from 90 till 96 mm-hmm. and came on and coached with Coach Gus, who coached me again, uh, back with Grand Park in 1996. I was doing, I coached both teams, 1996. At that time when you were at Grand Park, were you a running back coach there as well, or what were you coaching? I was coaching defensive backs at Grand Park, and then I... I branched off. I began coaching special teams there later or earlier in the 2000s. Another connection that we both have is we both worked for the Pemina Trail School Division as educational assistants. Uh, I did that before I got into working for Manitoba Justice. Um, you kind of have a cool story about how you ended up coaching at Oak Park and, uh, you know, talking to Coach Cassano, legendary basketball coach. I'm interested. Can you tell my audience about that story? talking to Coach Cassano and, and just basically uh, how that transpired and you got to get on the Oak Park staff. Well, I was I was at Grand Park, obviously, and then I, I, I 
was an EA at uh, in Bedmont Trails at uh, Riverwest Park School. Mm-hmm. And Randy Cassano was there back in 2003, three, four, And he said, why, why wouldn't you just coach over here? It's five minutes away. And I didn't put too much thought into it, you know, at first. And then I got, uh, and Stu Nixon, actually, who I was coaching with at Grand Park mm-hmm. in the late 90s, right. he went over to Oak Park. So I just thought, well, this would be a sure, an easy transition. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the guys on the coaching staff, who you were there as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I took uh, Mr. Cazano's advice, and uh, I joined the Oak Park Raiders in 2000. And five. I was pretty much a rookie coach at that point. I just came off playing for the Rifles, but uh, I had fond memories working with you. I uh, butted heads with Coach Nixon back in the day a little bit, but uh, everybody's butted heads with Coach Nixon. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed our time together. Um, you know, you, you then spend a long time in the Oak Park program. You're part of multiple championships, some great players along the way, lots of guys that played junior in university, but. Uh, there's also a few guys that you're close with still today that played for the program that are current CFL stars. Um, talk, tell my audience about your time coaching at Oak Park. You know, what, what do you remember about that time? What, what are your fond memories of, of coaching at Oak Park with Stu Nixon? Well, I think, uh, well, coming on, I, I didn't come on until about uh, in 2005, till about the uh, third, fourth game in. I just didn't know if I wanted to coach the whole year uh, after I was done with Grand Park. I just mm-hmm. didn't know if I wanted to stick around and coach and just maybe come at the beginning of the year. But uh, it all worked out. And then I I guess uh, my fondest memory would have to be uh, my first championship. Playing, coaching was in 2007 when uh, Ty Noble led our squad at quarterback. And I remember you saying back to the year or two previous when we were coaching it, this guy here is going to be something. Yeah, And he was. We... Uh, were we the most skilled team? Probably not the most skilled, but the toughest. God, I'll never forget that team. Mm-hmm. We uh, we beat, uh, I think it was St. Paul's, we beat 10-9 in the semifinal. Right. To go to the final. And uh, in the final, we were down, I believe. Uh, I think we were down by 14 and came back and beat them by 14 or 16. So, yeah, I would think the 2007 team has been the most memorable. I remember watching those games. Also, your record that season wasn't the greatest. I, I want to say you guys were almost 500 or a game above. You we might have been a game above, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that it wasn't necessarily like a, a gangbuster year, but you guys really came on strong in, in the playoffs. And, and again, referencing Ty Noble is one of the, kind of the first quarterbacks I ever worked with that uh, ended up having a great career, obviously, at Oak Park, and then goes on to play for the Calgary Dinos. And I think he got uh, an opportunity to play in the CFL. Coach, talk to me about, you know, the different coaches in the program at the time. And and I know you're still close with a lot of those guys. You guys go on trips yearly and, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, talk about about that good crew of coaches there. Well, it, it, to be honest, I've, uh, it's, it's kind of like this group that I have here at Fargo South. You never know what you're going to get when you walk into a program. And uh, being with uh, Nixon, Dave Black, um, Ian Holland, George McFall, Austin Harvey. I mean, it was great being with these guys. And we had a lot of out, outside, like you said, activities, going on trips and stuff like that. And uh, I miss those guys. I miss those guys a lot. I miss coaching with them. But this group that I'm now with, I came probably this close to not going just because I, I've been with I've been with Nixon for over 20 years mm-hmm. and Ian about 20 years and stuff like that. And I'm going with a whole new group of guys here. And I don't know their co- coaching philosophy, if they're going to be good guys. They 
you know, afterwards and stuff. And, and you know what? It was a, it's a, it's a great fit. And I, I had a great fit when I was up in Winnipeg coach with these guys for so long. Oh, that's great. I'm glad that uh, you fit right in there and it's a good atmosphere for you. So obviously we, we've been talking about you now living in Fargo and coaching down in the States. Talk to my audience about, you know, how did that transpire? What, what happened to, uh, to make the move down to the States? A girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I met a girl, uh, Sarah Soroka, which she is now, um, she lives down here in Fargo. She's a teacher in the Fargo, Fargo Public Schools. And, uh, yeah, we, we met in 2015 and began, uh, we got married in 2018, began oh. our uh, immigration, my immigration process in, uh, I guess it was June or July of 2018. And it, uh, it's been going on ever since, uh, and COVID didn't help. Right. And, uh, yeah, and here I am. I've been down here for about 16 months now. Okay, and and speaking of COVID, another thing I remember talking to you about a while ago while COVID was going on uh, was that you you have two daughters yourself and you, you know, you weren't able to uh, obviously see them through the pandemic. How tough was that and and how were you able to stay connected? This is one thing about uh, FaceTime, et cetera. You can keep in contact with people nowadays uh, pretty much every day, any day, any time of the day. Mm -hmm. So that, that worked, but it was... It was more so my parents who were getting a little bit older, I mean, that are not on FaceTime and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, with being unable to cross over or across the borders and stuff, I don't know how they're doing. You get a big snowstorm, there's my 75-year-old dad outside packing away at the snow and stuff like that. You'd love to be there and help out. And For sure. He just couldn't. There was a lot, just, just too many restrictions. So. Yeah, definitely a tough time, but uh looks like things are kind of easing back slowly. What, what's going on in Fargo in terms of restrictions? Pretty much everything's open. I mean, yeah. all sports are go. Uh, I actually coached hockey here last year. Okay. Uh, just to get involved with something, or just get involved in the community. And uh, it was uh, there. Were, there were restrictions last year. We did not play a game outside of North Dakota in Minnesota at all. We didn't mm-hmm. cross over. Um, you had to wear a mask everywhere. Uh, you, the kids could be in a in the dressing room for a certain amount of time. Um, and now that that's all just uh, everyone's playing. It's everything's pretty much full up and running. You still have to wear masks in certain places, but it's pretty much all up and running. And was that the same for your, your season this year in high school? Were you guys able to have like uh, meetings inside, inside buildings and all that kind of stuff? We did um, inside the schools. Oh, coaches, we had the, the kids actually too, uh, all were masked up. Okay. Um, so that was in the fall. I think that that's been, they've removed all the mask regulations and stuff. Back at it for fourth quarter action with Coach Gies and Ryan Soroka. It's obvious that you have a, a pretty solid connection with uh, now he's the Toronto Argonauts running back, Mr. Andrew Harris. I'm interested, what do you think about him going to the Argos and, and you know leaving the Bombers? Have you been able to chat with him or text with him in the last few days? I sent him a text congratulating him on his, on his move over to Toronto. Um, he's 35 years old. He's still doing what he wants to do, which uh, if we all – could play at an older age and pretty much anything. We would all jump at it, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wish him all the best in Toronto, and I think he'll do good things there. I agree. Just a tremendous dude, and, and I hope the best for him as well. I, you know, I'm not so sure if he didn't get kind of a raw deal. I wish the Bombers would have brought him back for the chance to go after that three-peat. There was a article today in the paper about it, but uh, nonetheless, like you said, he's you know getting towards the end, and it's, it's a good thing that uh, he's getting this opportunity in Toronto, and I, I believe he will do well. He's Probably the greatest Canadian running back ever. 
Um, it's pretty cool that he played at our school and, and that you have that connection with him. So, you know, I wish him the best. Switching gears a little bit here, Coach. Obviously, you're a Green Bay Packers fan living in Vikings country. Uh, I saw you were at a uh, Packers game this year. Did you get to multiple games this year? Were you at, at any Vikings games as well? Yeah, I went to uh, a Viking game against the Packers mm-hmm. in, in Minnesota. And then uh, my wife and I took the trip out to Lambeau Field to see the Vikings visit the Green Bay Packers there as oh, well. Nice. Okay. And what were your thoughts on the season? Obviously, they had a great year and then kind of fell short in the playoffs. And uh, going into next year, we don't know what's going to happen with Rodgers and, uh, and Devontae Adams. What are your thoughts on the season and just those guys and, and what your team needs to do? Well, it's pretty disappointing, you know, winning the division again and uh, falling flat on your face uh, in the playoffs first round. At, well, I shouldn't say first round because they had to buy, right. but at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's, there, there really isn't a better place uh, to watch a game, I think, is Lambeau Field. They, they, had the, they had the weather behind them, everything fans, and you lose at home. Uh, I, and what they're going to do with Rodgers, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, are they going to get a, an equal replacement for him? No. Mm-hmm. Um, if, they, I don't, if they let him go or they trade him, uh, I, I, I would hope that they would get a boatload of picks and players for him. And and same with Adams, they package them up somewhere, yeah, um, and rebuild from that maybe. But I don't think it would be a whole rebuild if you were able to get a few picks and some players back in return. They have a very good roster, but yeah, losing Rogers will be huge. You know, there's lots of rumors about where he might go or what might happen. I'm hopeful that uh, that he stays with your team somehow. They're able to re-sign him or keep him. And uh, you know, he was on he's on Pat McAfee weekly, and I'm sure you probably watch that too, but. Uh, he was talking a couple of weeks ago kind of about that situation with him and Devontae and maybe it's sort of being like one's waiting for the other to see what's going to happen. And I yeah. guess we'll, we'll see what, what transpires over this offseason. Their OC goes to, to Denver. So maybe, you know, that plays into it. Maybe they go to Denver. But uh, for your sake, I, I hope they stay. Obviously, this weekend, Coach, we got the Super Bowl matchup, Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams. Who do you like in that game? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I like the youth of the Bengals. Yeah. And I like kind of like what they've been doing here. I mean, nobody p- picked them to win the division. No one, no, I don't know anyone that would have picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Right. And what, the, and what they've done and how they've done it. What was the score? 24 to 3, was it against Kansas City? Yeah. And they came back and won that game. They, they got something special there with a young quarterback, a good young receiver. They got a really good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see the Cincinnati Bengals win. They've, built their team through the draft, whereas LA has built their team through trades and yeah. purchasing free agents. Right. Yeah. I guess the, the thing I'm most interested in is the matchup with uh, obviously uh, the LA's defensive line is unreal and, and gets to the quarterback and Cincinnati, their O-line has improved, but they don't have the greatest O-line. Uh, Joe Burrow has been hit quite a bit. So I don't know how that kind of is going to work itself out, but uh, it it also pains me to say that I'm going to cheer for Cincinnati. I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan, and that's my division. But I totally agree with you in the sense that, you know, just watching them throughout the year, super talented. There's something about Joe Burrow that I, I don't know necessarily. I can't really put my finger on it about him, but he's got something special. Uh, I like him, and, and I it'd be pretty cool to see Cincinnati win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a, he's a quiet, confident guy. He's not a real arrogant guy. Yeah. He's, he's, tell he's got a lot of confidence. I'm also uh, pretty pumped up for the halftime show. I don't know if that's uh, your type of music, but uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, I'm pretty pumped up for that halftime. It's going to beat anything the CFL halftime ever does. 
Oh, are you kidding me? No, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it'll be great. I mean, they're going to do a good job. Let, let's think again. They're in L.A., right? Yeah. L.A. doesn't, uh, there's no holds barred pretty much. Right. What uh, What are your plans for the game? Are you going anywhere? Yeah, I'm actually going, uh, leaving tomorrow with my group of coaches here uh, from Fargo South. We're going out to the Glazier Clinic down in Minneapolis. Ah, nice. So we'll be back uh, midday, late day, Sunday, and then we'll just figure it out from there. Last question of the day. Uh, I like to ask everybody this, but uh, Coach, who is your favorite quarterback of all time and why? Okay, uh, well, I have to say from when I was a little guy, um, there was a few different reasons. I'd have to go with Dieter Brock. Okay, like it. He was a local guy there. Uh, he had the hair coming out the back of his helmet, which I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a bullet of an arm. And coaching with uh, James Murphy said he was, that was the, First quarterback that ever broke his fingers. That's okay. why he came out with an in route and busted his fingers. But I, I would say a guy that I grew up uh, watching later later on would that I just so much respect for that he was never given a fair deal was Doug Flutie. Right. I mean, he always beat our bombers. I didn't like him at the time. Mm-hmm. When I look back, you got to respect that guy. I mean, he was too small to play in the NFL. He came to Canada. He absolutely tore it up. Yeah, he went back to the NFL and took Buffalo to a championship game. And in that championship game, they yoinked him. Right. They, they didn't play him for, uh, what was his name, Johnson? Rob Johnson. You know, and, and what did he do? He continued on. He went to uh, uh, San Diego mm-hmm. and ended up back in uh, New England. I just got to respect uh, Dougie Flutie. You know what? I, I totally agree with you. Doug Flutie was phenomenal in the CFL. Uh, I was pretty young when he was playing, and, and I was just kind of starting playing at that time. Obviously, was a Bomber fan, so we always kind of hated him. But uh, when he was in Calgary, uh, I had a, a family connection. Mark McLaughlin, who was the kicker for Calgary, great kicker. I was connected. Uh, my dad's best friend was his uncle. So uh, so I kind of had that loose connection. I, I liked the Stampeders, too. And and Doug Flutie was amazing. I Honestly, I think, like, he was as close to, like, a Michael Jordan of the CFL at that time. Like you said, he could do no wrong, and he would just he would make things happen. So exciting. Um, and, and really kind of changed the game, you know, like just the way he moved around and, and the plays he could make, he was a phenomenal player. And I agree with you. He got a raw deal in the NFL, but, uh, you know, he just kept going with it. Yeah. He enjoyed the, enjoyed the game. He, uh, made use of the, the larger football field here in Canada, yeah. which is great. All right, coach. Well, unfortunately we're at the end of the podcast, but I want to thank you for being on. It's been awesome to reconnect with you and talk football tonight and talk about your Fargo South Bruins. I hope you enjoyed your time. I did. I appreciate it. And I hope that you, I would invite you to come down and join us and help us out here a little bit in, the, in our gym with some of our quarterbacks from the varsity uh, down to the junior varsity. It'd be great. We'd love to have you come down. That'd be amazing. I'd love to do that. Let's uh, let's make that happen. Thank you again. And I want to thank the audience that's listening every week. We got more great guests coming your way. Uh, everybody have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.